I feel that Taro is never something that's going to fail me. Taro is always a solid boba. Lately, I've been really just liking a basic milk tea. I love comfort food. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited you're recording with me today. So shall we start? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do this thing. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bundle of Hers. This is our G in the virtual studio. And with me today, I've Ha. Hello, people. It's just us two cutie bears. We're going to be talking about cute ass stuff. Cutie sloths. Oh, cutie sloths. Yes. Ha loves sloths. She's a baby sloth. I'm trying to master and become an adolescent sloth eventually. Hopefully. I know. And then you will be an adult sloth and then you'll be an oldie sloth. A grandma sloth. I know. Grandma sloth. I'm really excited for your sloth evolution, but I'm really excited to actually have a conversation with you today. And I think it's something near both of us, near both of our hearts, kind of the cultures we grew up in, in the neighborhoods that we grew up in. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about hip hop. I mean, like you would probably be like, what does hip hop have anything to do with medicine? I would say it has everything to do with medicine and we'll tie those connections towards the end. But I kind of wanted to talk a, a little bit about what hip hop is. So how do you know what hip hop is? Uh, well, when I think about hip hop, I think a lot about it as a huge cultural collective in a way. And kind of I like to sometimes think of it as this big cultural reset in a sense using of trying of some communities who are from more oppressed identities coming together to be able to express themselves. So I really see hip hop as this form of expression, though I know that when a lot of people think about hip hop, they think about it as the music, they think about it as rap and about it as certain artists. I think that's kind of what I also um, have heard people say, but what is hip hop, right? And I learned a lot of this through a class I took in college called Remixing Hip Hop and Feminism. I've kind of quoted this class before, but basically hip hop was, I would say, born kind of in the 1970s in uh, the East Coast, particularly New York. And it's really a culture, right? Like it's not only rapping, but it's producing music. It's about emceeing. It's about graffiti. It's about dance. There's a lot of components of hip hop. You know, it's just a culture, right? And I feel like every culture has some value or value base they always hold on to. Honestly, how I like to describe hip hop is it's an act of resistance, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really like taking these groups who are like, we're going to reclaim our power through artistic expression. It's a way to like pass on stories and narratives, which I think a lot of cultures do. So that's when I first learned about hip hop. And I was thinking about it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing, because I always connected to the music growing up. But I really didn't know the roots of hip hop were so a part of the resistance, right? And really allowing oppressed people to have a voice. And I would venture to say like, this is one reason why we're doing Bundle of Hers is for the exact same reason is really to make a voice and create a voice. That's, I think, really what like hip hop means to me. You talking about it being as an act of resistance is very powerful. And it's definitely why I've continued to really love hip hop and that I really love to explore it and to listen to it and really analyze it very deeply. Funnily enough that my first exposure to hip hop was 
in a way, a reflection of the way that power can be taken from oppressed groups. And to clarify that a bit more is that I actually became introduced to hip hop first through Korean music. So as a little kid, I love K-pop. My big goal has always to get people to know more about K-pop. And I'm so happy about the K-pop revolution right now. Yes, Um, you're definitely getting me into K-pop as well. Exactly. It's Amazing. But the thing that I always tell people when I say like, I like K-pop and it's that K-pop is actually a very problematic music industry. Mm -hmm. As we've discussed in Bundle of Hers, a lot of systems can be very problematic and can be oppressive. And in the context of hip hop, what we need to understand is that a lot of Korean music benefits from like simultaneous anti-blackness and appropriation of black culture. I got introduced to hip hop through its appropriation, which is a very sad thing to admit. But the fact of the matter is that a lot of people got exposed to hip hop through its appropriation too, especially and similarly, like once I started listening to the rap in K-pop and going, hey, this is so cool. And I really like rap and started explore trying to look for artists in the US industry scene. A lot of the artists that a lot of my like peers that I would hear about at the time would be artists like Eminem or Macklemore, which not trying to start an argument about like what's the best hip hop music and what's the worst. But the truth is they were all white artists when really hip hop was built from resistance, as Harjeet has said, they were built as ways for like oppressed communities, majorly black, Latinx communities to come together and really like share their like feelings and to really go deep into it. And how I got exposed to hip hop was taking that raw power and making it into something great for consumerism. And it's something that's like very interesting that that was how I fell in love with it. But what made me stick with hip hop was when I started getting into like really exploring it deep. And I think what started it with for me was, again, a different country's origin of hip hop, and it was French music. I got really interested in French rap because it was a good way for me to be able to learn French. And again, I loved hip hop music by that time. And what was really interesting was that a lot of the French rap I listened to, their lyrics weren't the Korean hip hop that I listened to, which was just always about love and about being like at the top and things like that. But it was really trying to reflect the social chasm of life in the menus, um, which is the French word to describe the suburbs where a lot of the French migrants, the French people of color lived. So it was really like their lyrics as I was like trying to learn the French and trying to dig deep into it was really about oppression, was really about trying to make it in a world that did not accept them. Because if you look into French history too, and even French current events right now, there's always racial tension. There's always ethnic tension. And that was what really solidified my love for hip hop and why I am such a huge fan of it today. But I think it's a very like interesting like dichotomy to think about. Like now I love hip hop for like its actual core and its history, but a lot of the world doesn't know hip hop that way. No, they don't. And I'm so happy that you brought up how you were first introduced to it was kind of the appropriation of that culture 
I think there's been adaptations of that in a lot of different countries, right? Like India has a rap scene too, but it's generally the people who grew up in kind of the slums of Bombay that really, they were these people that were oppressed, I think, and poor, and they saw what hip hop meant and could do. So they also started their own movements out there. But I kind of have a little bit of a different story of how I got introduced to hip hop. I grew up in West Valley City, which is kind of the west side of Utah. And the genre of music that was often played in like junior high and high school and elementary was hip hop. You know, you'd hear these beats. R&B was in it a little bit, too. And kind of R&B and hip hop have this kind of loving relationship is what I would say. But I started listening to that music. And at my time, artists that were really popular were like Jay-Z and like Kanye West and Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott. Yes, all of these people. That's kind of where I got introduced into hip hop. And obviously, like since then, I was like, this is the music of my community, right? And I really never understood the power hip hop carried until I came to college. And that's when I started like listening to older folks like Tupac and Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole and like really seeing how these poets and producers put together music arrangements and also utilize their voice to tell a story. I think there was so much power in it, in the way they spoke about their stories. And even their like more glamorized tracks were very catchy and made you want to have a good time and feel good and feel positive. And I think that's one reason I really connected to hip hop. And then I realized that there's actually much more to this. There's like the dancing, right? Like all the different forms of dancing and the graffiti of hip hop and all these expressions were coming in. And I was like, wow, this culture is freaking amazing. But I also heard a lot of people talk shit about it. You know, it's not like, quote unquote, the classical music or the well-read people or like what I call it is the fufufafa. You probably <laughs> heard me say this so many times what I mean is like it's not the thing that quote unquote like the rich people can connect with and I think that's what the power of hip-hop is that it can actually connect with people regardless of your gender ethnicity status in society like it's something that's really threading and connecting and brings together communities that really made me feel a lot of power in listening to hip-hop and I would go to say like it is my favorite genre of music 100% by far and also there is just like every other music, there's different types of hip hop music. But I think the reason why that people throw a lot of shade on hip hop is because it's an industry that was built out of an oppressed group, specifically black individuals. I'm going to come out and say it like it's very like racist to be like, oh, my God, hip hop's like a shitty genre. And it's like, yeah, but why? Why do you think that? It's also very interesting because a lot of times when people think about like genre as being like in quotation marks premiere or in quotation marks very like worthy of attention, they use a lot of music analysis, right? I say this as someone who like learned how to play piano. So had my like thing of like learning theory and learning classical music and all of that. And people hold classical music to a super high standard because of the theory about the thought that had to be placed into 
into it. And then a lot of people see hip hop as, oh, it's just these people like with swag who are throwing down rhymes and it's so easy. Like anyone can just throw down some rhymes. But if you actually go look into like, for instance, looking at rap, like what makes a rap song good? There is so much to it. There's rhythm, there's flow, there's wordplay. People focus a lot on speed, but speed is like not the only thing about it. The voice becomes this very like fine-tuned instrument that's able to just switch from rhythm to rhythm, from one flow to another. Great hip-hop artists have a very like distinct voice that if you listen to it, you just know this is I'm about to listen to this song from this person. Yes. And they have a very distinct style like that, that in a way, like quite very similar to what people talk about when they listen and they go like, oh, that's a Mozart. Oh, that's a Bach. People don't give it that much due diligence. And for a while, similarly, I was like, why do when I was young and enjoying hip hop, I was like, why do people look at it very differently than what I see about it and about how all the effort and thought has to be placed to really like express the soul, which is so difficult. Why do people not see hip hop like poetry? And we spend all this time studying Shakespeare and all of that when hip hop is its own like right, a very beautiful form of art. And it was a very sad awakening for me to realize it's because of racism. It's because as our culture, we like to appropriate things that come from oppressed communities, particularly the black community. When we like accept it or like have someone who looks like the majority population do it, then it's acceptable and it's interesting, but we'll never put it in the same standard as the majority population population because we will always see it as beneath because of its origin. And that's very heartbreaking to think about. Yeah. And I actually love that you have this analysis have because I'm going to actually tie some similarities to even like medical school, right? Like there's a right way to do things, but there are a lot of different ways things can be done and you can still be a good doctor, right? And that's the same thing with music, all because it's not done in the way that you were taught or learned or went to school for doesn't mean it's not genius, you know? Mm -hmm. And I honestly think a lot of hip hop artists, they are working hard, they're tying connections in ways that maybe someone else doesn't see. And that's why they're an artist, right? Art is really something that people put together. And it's what other people take from it. There is this huge population that loves hip hop, I would say a majority of the population loves it, but it doesn't get the value or the worth that it deserves. Because I think it was like we said, born out of communities that were oppressed and like them using it as a avenue of power of agency and of, you know, moving their culture forward. When I said like a lot of the places that I first learned about hip hop was on the West Side. When I say West Side, it's like West Side of Utah. We have a main highway. It's called I-15. So it's basically everything West of that is considered the West Side. And the biggest city I would say is West Valley. But you're from Glendale and you grew up there, right? Huh? Yeah, yeah, I did. So I was at first like more born and raised for people who don't know the intricacies of Salt Lake like neighborhoods. I was 
born in Poplar Grove, which is right on the border of Glendale, still like West Side area. And then I eventually moved to Glendale, like in the area very close to like West Valley. And it's like, it's so interesting, right? Thinking about my experiences growing up in the West Side, especially as I now navigate more of medical school and people who are often a bit more familiar with only the east side of Salt Lake City. Like, for instance, yeah, I went, I grew up in the west side. I went to West High School, as did our formal beloved bundler, Bushra, did too. And so West High, like for me, it was a very like interesting mix because I was part of a program where I ended up interacting with not as many people from the West Side because of the program I decided to do academically. But in the like hallways, yeah, I would always hear hip hop music playing too. And I would always arrive at school pretty early and then like stay pretty late because I didn't live in a way that was like public transit was easy for me to get back home. And um, I didn't have a car and things like that. So I would always hear that hip-hop music too. So Ha, when you heard hip-hop in the hallways, I know K-pop was kind of your introduction to hip-hop. What did you feel then when you would hear all these kids playing hip-hop in the hallways? Like, what was your connection to hip-hop then? I loved hearing hip-hop music in general, but it was like, as I mentioned, like being in this different academic program where a lot of the kids were from the east side or much more like affluent and much more different backgrounds than I came from. It sometimes it was hard for me, like as this high schooler who is just trying to fit in and like do the things and feel like I was a part of my groups for me to really like make the connection that, yeah, this like hip hop music is home to me. Like I love listening to hip hop and my like peers and like the program that I was in also like probably liked listening to hip hop. I don't really like, no, we didn't talk about music that much. We talked more about school. A lot of the times it was kind of one of those things where it's like, I didn't connect about it. And I think it took me like leaving that environment and entering environments that were very, there wasn't even a little smidge of the West side anymore yeah. for me to fall back on for me to realize there was a sense of home in those environments that I didn't realize until it was gone. Yeah, I love that you say that because like when I say when I grew up in West Valley, it was the music in the hallways where I like would hear hip hop being blasted off and I would like love it. And we had a huge Pacific Islander community and a huge Mexican community and they all would be in the hallways in their groups listening to hip hop music. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And I remember when I started coming to college in Salt Lake, which is considered the east side and med school, which is considered the east side. I had like a cultural shock. And I remember thinking like people don't value hip hop the way that it was valued when I was in in West Valley. Again, it also reminded me about how people from the West Side aren't valued the same as the people in the East Side are, right? People would always be like, oh, you're from West Valley. Like, do you listen to a lot of hip hop and rap? And I'm like, yeah, I do. Like, I'm freaking proud of it, right? But it's very much what I'm trying to say is like, it's those communities that closely tied to hip hop because it was a cultural thing. And 
it allowed us to feel this agency into our stories the way no other music would relate for us, right? Growing up in West Valley, uh, you growing up in Glendale, I think both of us have very unique experiences when it comes to the medical school world in Salt Lake City, right? Because a lot of our classmates aren't from the West Side. When I was a med student at the U, a lot of them weren't from the West Side. And a lot of the POC that were a part of the school, they came from either out of state or they came from places that weren't the West Side, but the East Side. So their experiences were very different than I feel like mine. And that's why I feel like that's one reason why I I relate so much to you as well, Ha. It's super cool being able to like chat with you about navigating medicine as someone who does come from the West Side, because it's true. There's a very weird sense, you know, when I'm navigating through medical school and people say like, oh, Salt Lake is just not that diverse. Is it because you stay on the East Side where, yeah, it's not that diverse versus going to the West Side? You see there's so many immigrants. There's so many refugees. There's so much culture I remember like at the clinic where I always went to for like my family's healthcare and for my healthcare, it's just all people of color for the most part there. Or sometimes people say like, oh, I'm really scared about going to the Walmart close by to your house. And I was, oh my God, I've heard countless times you're from West Valley. And now I tell people straight up when I meet them, I'm from West Valley and it's the best city in Utah. The thing is, I'm reclaiming that now, but it was always looked down upon negatively. And this ties to our even our conversation of hip hop. Mm -hmm. People look at these things in a different manner because it comes from an area that doesn't have the power that it should because of white supremacy, right? Mm -hmm. And the ways that capitalism and imperialism also impact our systems, we don't get the credit we deserve. The West Side is so awesome. And it makes me so sad because yeah, I had classmates. And even as a resident, a lot of people be like, man, Utah, there is no diversity. And I was like, man, you don't know, like, there is actually so much diversity. It's just a lot of that doesn't mix together. And that makes me really sad. It's also the thing is that when the only time I feel that in medicine, they talk about the West Side, it's to talk about it in terms of savior sort of way. Oh, 100%. Because they'll say things. I remember my one of my first few lectures I had in population health, they were talking about zip codes and how the zip codes were related to your mortality. Like basically they showed that, oh, someone who like lived in the avenues, which is a really bougie side of Salt Lake City will like live 10 years longer than someone living in West Valley City or Glendale. And it's like put as a statistic to think, oh, look at this like healthcare disparity. We have to fix it. We have to think about it. We have to swoop in and like try to save this issue. And when they put that statistic out there first, it's like done in a way that says like you don't expect that there's anyone in medicine who's going to relate to those statistics shown at you. And it felt so weird seeing like, yep, that's my area code. These are my neighbors who are a statistic right here as a comparison to talk about healthcare disparity. And it's true. There is healthcare disparity and there is like a mistrust of the medical system here. But there's also so much more to us than just something to pity, right. something for you to swoop in and bring like all the knowledge that you have without really thinking or collaborating or like working with us to see where we're coming from and why things are the way it is, you know? Yeah. 
And kind of circling back to hip hop, why I really wanted to go and have this conversation about the West Side and hip hop is like, I think there's a common thread here, right? And the common thread is that the value is not seen in these areas because they're not appeasing the masses or what is you know, what is the standard of what is good music? What is good cultures? I think that really we are storytellers from the West Side. I think that's why we're so deeply connected to hip hop because hip hop is storytelling. It's narrative based. And that's why I think it's heavily connected to medicine is because I think it's from hip hop that I learned about the intricacies that our social aspects of our lives has on our biological systems. And it was through that that I think I've been able to become a better provider. I quite like feel like a lot of what you expressed and I feel that you said it quite beautifully. And I think the other thing is I just connect with hip hop and I love hip hop because I see it as a way for me to always remember about different forms of expression and different forms of stories. I think that hip hop also reminds me the power that you can have if you give the person the agency to tell their story and have their voice in the way that they want it to be told. And that's something that I always carry with me or I hope to always carry with me when I interact with patients because I want them to be the agents of telling their story. And I think that's exactly what hip hop is, right? It encourages that agency. And it's something that I hope my future patients also utilizes their agency, which me and you both actually were on the episode about healthcare clinics. And I think it ties really well to this topic about the saviorism and understanding that agency is power and hip hop is powerful. And I am so grateful that I you know, was immersed in that culture. I was born into that culture because of where I was from. Being from West Valley is my biggest advantage in my life, I think, here especially, and even as a doctor. And it's something that I never, ever will take for granted. Yeah. For me, like, yeah, I was born into the West Side. I was born into being surrounded by the genre. But for me, it was a lot of having to learn to love the genre on the genre's terms and not on the terms of a lens that others have created for it. And it's been a lot about reclaiming and about getting back to the roots. Right. Because it's it's so in to like hip hop these days. Yeah. And similarly, I feel like sometimes it's like in or like cool to seem like in quotation marks ghetto and things like that and use like slang and all of that. But there's also a weird shame to it to when you're actually from it and you're someone who doesn't have like the privilege to like or the identities that give you the privilege to like turn it off when you want to. Right. And it's something that I like always had to balance with. And that's why having like these conversations with people like you and also being able to be exposed to like conversations about these things, they've really helped me like grow into myself. And With all of that, I hope our listeners, as they're listening to this, to really interrogate about when I like something, am I liking it on like the original terms? Am I liking it more on the terms of a more white supremacist lens? And to really like go back to their roots and to like really like unpack a lot of that, because I think then you're able to really appreciate things for its great depths. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm so happy I had this conversation with you and, you know, just talking about 
the West Side, talking about hip hop as a culture, us finding our own agency. I think that's where I started to learn about my agency. It makes me so happy that we were able to do this episode and our original bundler, Bushra. We used to talk a lot about the West Side as well. And I miss her on Bundle of Hers. I just wish that this is something that, you know, becomes kind of more prevalent of a conversation in the way that we view people from the West Side, the way we view hip hop and the power that it has. So with that, thank you so much for listening to Bundle of Hers. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Please visit us at bundleofhers.com and listen to us on any platforms. You can also find us on Instagram at Bundle of Hers and leave any comments you have about this episode, any thoughts. We'd love to know what you're thinking and how you feel about hip hop. Maybe share some of your favorite songs and we can share that on our stories. I think that's it. Farewell. Farewell, people. Please listen to your favorite hip hop songs.